I was born in a part of India called Gujarat, which is described as the jewel of Western India. It boasts the longest coastline in India and was the home of Mahatma Gandhi, an internationally famous leader known for his nonviolent resistance against British rule. In Gujarat, the diet is vegetarian, with dishes that are a unique combination of sweet, salty, and spicy, all the flavors we tend to crave. Fifty years ago, the diet culture in this region was pure, natural, and featured an abundance of unrefined foods. But today, across the board, people are eating fewer fruits, vegetables, and grains to the detriment of their health and replacing them with more fat, added sugar, snacks, beverages, and other processed foods introduced to the country by huge food conglomerates like we have in the U.S. They have adulterated the beautiful, traditional diet of my homeland. Typically, people in Gujarat eat multiple times during the day, starting with a high-carbohydrate breakfast accompanied by tea. Later, there's a carb-heavy snack. Lunch is a big meal of rotis and rice, followed by an afternoon snack with more tea. And dinner, you guessed it, a meal heavily loaded with carbs, rice, beans or lentils, and wheat. Yes, there are desserts too, which have a high concentration of sugar. I remember taking a trip with my uncle and my cousin across Gujarat one summer. They stopped almost every hour or two at different specialty food shops that served up nothing but foods that were fried, refined, and or full of sugar. At this time, I was a student majoring in nutrition, so it was clear to me that my relatives had developed a sugar addiction. Based on what I had already learned about the neurochemistry of sugar, I also knew it was not their fault. This was sad to me, because people from this region of India commonly develop diseases like diabetes and high cholesterol. Back home in the U.S., my dad and his brother were struggling with similar issues. They kept a stash drawer filled with candy bars and Indian sweets. They would eat these things to manage their blood sugar when it crashed, instead of taking glucose tablets. But it was more than that. Both had a major sweet tooth and developed intense cravings for sugary food. By the way, low blood sugar can be better managed by certain combinations of real food, as my dad would later learn. Maybe you grew up in a family where rich, carb-laden food was the norm like I did, or your mom made the best desserts in the world. Maybe what you were raised on was a far cry from the healthy, whole and natural foods of your great-grandparents. Certainly, our food preferences arise from these traditions, as well as from cultural factors. Unlike in the United States, where chocolate is the most craved food, in Japan, women are more likely to crave sushi and rice, while in Mexico, they often crave tacos. But the influence of cultural and family traditions doesn't tell the whole story of why people get excessively hungry and desire certain foods. It is just a tiny piece of the hunger puzzle. There's a much bigger piece, a huge web of sneaky signals pulsing throughout your brain, 
gut and body that are causing all sorts of havoc on your hunger signals. They largely account for why you get so effing hungry and why it's not your fault. <laughs> 